Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. If you're familiar with the story of Jesus, then you know he had enemies. Maybe you struggle to understand why he had enemies. Today on Drawing Near, the Lord Jesus acknowledges that his enemies are closing in. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22 as we study, My Betrayer is with me. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we come before you, it is hard for me to comprehend why Jesus had enemies. Now, I know the biblical story. I know about Satan, and I know about the evil in the world. I know that what happened to Jesus needed to happen. But Jesus was a man of righteousness, holiness, justness, and love. If anyone in this world was above having enemies, it is Jesus. And yet, due to all of those things, he had the most powerful enemy of all. Father, help us to understand these things. Help us to understand how these things apply to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. During the evening that Jesus observed the Passover with his disciples, he institutes the Lord's Supper. He shares the bread. He shares the cup. He explains what they represent. As he's telling them that his blood is shed for them, in verse 21 of Luke chapter 22, he says the following, But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they, the disciples, began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Jesus had told his disciples earlier in the evening that he had greatly desired to observe this feast with them, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They had prepared for the meal. They had sat down together. Jesus was with his 12 disciples. As Jesus begins to institute communion or the Lord's Supper, it is hard to understand what's going through the disciples' minds. He's talking about a body that is sacrificed and given. He's talking about his blood, which is being shed. A new covenant. He's talking about salvation. All of these things had to cause some sort of confusion in the mind of the disciples. And it wasn't an upbeat kind of evening. Rather, he's talking about death. And now, in verse 21, he starts talking about betrayal. Think about that for a moment. He's talking about being betrayed by someone who was sitting at the table. There wasn't an unlimited number. There weren't hundreds of people. There weren't strangers there. There were 12 and Jesus. And he says, Behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. He's someone sitting here. And so as the disciples begin to look around, you know they had to be confused and concerned. Then Jesus says, Truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. Jesus' betrayal, Jesus' death on the cross, all of what is getting ready to take place in Jesus' life that night and the next day, had been predetermined. Predetermined by who? By God. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3, we are told that God said to the woman, said to Eve, that her seed, 
that her descendant would be at enmity with the serpent seed. It was prophecy concerning Jesus, who was born of a virgin, not born of man, who was the seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent, Satan. God tells Abraham in Genesis that through his seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. We see all kinds of prophecies pointing to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and what he is going to do among the Jews and the Gentiles. We look at Isaiah chapter 53. We see that the one who is prophesied there was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. We see all of these prophecies and so much more. Psalm 22, where the psalm begins, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The very words Jesus utters on the cross. When Jesus says, truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, he is acknowledging God's providential, sovereign work in redemption through Jesus Christ. But then Jesus says at the end of verse 22, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. He says, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table, and woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. He's not offering forgiveness or salvation. That man is the son of perdition, as we're told later on. The individual who sat at the table and was about to betray Jesus should be obvious to everyone. At least you would think that. I mean, who at the table had a problem with Jesus? Who at the table had been indifferent or callous or unloving or unfriendly toward Jesus among the twelve? They walked together all the time. Certainly they knew. But we're told in verse 23 this strange thing. Then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. We know Judas does this. We know Judas Iscariot betrays Christ. And yet the disciples were looking around among themselves, questioning, talking to one another, trying to figure out who was going to betray Jesus. They didn't know. That's amazing to me. But let's consider this. What could possibly have happened in the relationship between Judas and Jesus that would cause him to do this? Now, we know earlier Satan enters into Judas Iscariot, that that work of the devil works in him, but he had to be open to that. He had to have a problem. And the problem, if you follow along in the scriptures, had to do with money in the money box. Judas was responsible for the treasury, the money box of the disciples. And Judas stole from the money box. Now, I dare say when Judas took his first few coins from the money box, he justified it in his mind. And he never saw something greater coming from it than just the borrowing or the taking of a few coins. But it was the taking of the money and the desire to have more money go into the box from other people so he had access to it. It was that position of power or control. All of these things, all of these seemingly little things, led up to him betraying Christ. He became a thief. He became greedy. He became disgruntled. He turned on Christ. We need to understand the path of great sin always begins with what appears to be lesser sins. I dare say when Judas took his first coins, he would have never believed himself capable of selling Jesus for more. 
And yet he was. We need to be very, very careful about the small sins in our lives, the little white lies, the little gossips, the criticism, the judgmentalism. We need to guard our hearts and minds carefully. We need to pray like the psalmist. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing, O Lord, to you. Judas did not guard his heart. He did not guard his mind. And a little bit of greed and a little thievery turned into the greatest sinful act, the greatest act of betrayal of any man on this earth. It cost him his life. Think about that as we close. Judas Iscariot sold Jesus for a few pieces of silver. He betrays Jesus so that he can put money in his pocket. And yet that individual who's so greedy and covetous kills himself over the guilt of this thing. He loved himself so much that he would steal and he would betray. And yet at the end of things, Satan, who had entered into him, the liar, the thief, and the murderer, causes Judas to take his life. Sin never ends well. Small sin, great sin, it never ends well. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. That's what we're told in Galatians. We need to hear those words today. Father in heaven, I pray that you would help us to be loyal, to be faithful, to be aware of the small things in our lives that can lead to much greater sin. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to repent quickly of any known sin, to be sensitive, to discern within ourselves those shadows, those dark spots that could cause great harm. Father, sin is big to you. You hate sin. We need to hate sin as well, and we need to be children of righteousness. Thank you for the righteousness imputed to us by Jesus Christ. Help us to be holy in our thinking. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.